Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 849. Trust your gut and do what makes you happy if you can do it without hurting anybody else. And and do that by coming to Cars and Coffee on September 17th in Bridgehampton. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jeffrey Einhorn. Hey, Jeffrey, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. All right, we're going to have some fun. And by the way, today's Jeffrey's birthday, so happy birthday to you. I'm not going to sing, though. No one wants to hear that. Happy birthday to you, Jeffrey. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Jeffrey Einhorn uh, is a Manhattan attorney and partner at the law offices of Jeffrey Lickman. He's enjoyed a lifelong love affair with driving, restoring, collecting, and racing vintage cars. He's been a member of the former Glory Racing Team of Connecticut since its near inception, which presently fields a 1964 Austin Healey 3000 in races throughout the eastern seaboard. And he's been a fixture at vintage automobile auctions, shows, and races throughout the United States. In 2016, Jeff co-founded The Bridge an exclusive vintage exhibition at the former Bridgehampton Race Circuit, featuring one of the most rare post-war sports and racing vehicles on an annual basis. He followed up on his success with The Bridge by creating Bridgehampton Cars and Coffee, a public event set to debut on September 17th coming up here, which will be very cool, in downtown Bridgehampton, featuring classic cars, some fine wine, and some of New York's top food purveyors. That sounds even better. Starting in 2017, Jeff became the chief of judges for the Americana. Is it Manhasset? Am I saying that right? That's right. Manhasset Concord. (laughs) There we go. In Long Island. So, Jeffrey, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you and your fun. You're the, uh, I think, the second attorney I've actually had on the show here. John Dranius, who works, uh, puts articles together for Sports Car Market, was the first. So, kind of cool to be talking to. Probably too, too many, Mark. (laughs) Well, well, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to make any <laughs> attorney jokes today, okay? I'm not going to do any of that. We're just talking about well, cars. Well, it's my birthday. Of course. I have to be nice, you know? Yeah. Light the candles and uh, sing you a song. So tell us a little bit about your career and your passion for automobiles before we jump into the questions I have for you. Yeah. I mean, despite the, the lawyer jokes and, and working full-time as a, a Manhattan lawyer, I mean, I've, I've been involved in cars since uh, before I could probably talk um, restoring uh, big Healy's, Austin Healy 3000s with uh, my father and my brother um, as the youngest in the family and, and holding wrenches and, and gathering uh, tools and, and going under the uh, the mechanics pit at uh, my parents' old house when I was a kid with the, the dead squirrels and rabbits and, and helping <laughs> to change oil. So, you know, despite what I do uh, during the day, most of the day, I am uh, 100% indoctrinated into the the car world, uh, and the oil runs through my veins uh, thickly. Absolutely. Well, and the reason I contacted Jeffrey is not because I need an attorney this week. Hopefully, I don't need an attorney this week, but the reason I contacted him was about this bridge. So before I jump into the questions, tell us a little bit about this bridge project you're working on. Of course. So uh, the bridge started last year as an annual event. 
It takes place at the former Bridgehampton Race Circuit, which is uh, one of America's oldest full-time racing circuits, or it was. It started in 1957, uh, right at the same time, basically, that Lime Rock was founded. So this is, it was a very, very old track. It ran for a very long time. It was the center of Can-Am racing in the United States. Bruce McLaren did a lot of his testing there. There's a lot of stuff dedicated to Bruce McLaren there. Unfortunately, the track had to shut down in the mid-90s due to noise restrictions and well, with the Hamptons becoming what the Hamptons basically became, and, and the land became very expensive. And instead of turning the, the former race course into condos or sub-developments, which is what a lot of people wanted, my partner actually in the bridge, I have two. One is Shamin Abbas, who sets up uh, car events uh, throughout the, the United States. My other partner is Bob Rubin, who owns the bridge. And instead of turning it into subdivision uh, land, basically, he created the world's most expensive golf club. And as a, a former racer and collector himself, he had a Maserati birdcage, he had a Ferrari 250 GTO, he's had all of the greats. And, and talk about oil running through his veins deeply, it does with him as well. He kept a lot of the original track there, and I'm sure we've all seen some of the photos online when you Google it, but the wooden Chevron bridge is still over the, the front street when you drive in, and there are wood timing towers everywhere when you come in. It's It's unbelievable. Um, it's really a testament to how the track was. So years ago, I had thought about developing some kind of vintage event in Bridgehampton. Racing in, in Bridgehampton in particular goes back as far as anywhere else, uh, basically in the United States to the early 1915, 1916 years. And they had road races right in the streets of center, the center of Bridgehampton. Um, and then they opened it up in the 30s and they had full-on road racing um, like they did at Watkins Glen. After a number of accidents, because they had just hay bales basically protecting the spectators, they created the Bridgehampton uh, race circuit in 1957 um, as a place where racing could be done safely. And I, I put an asterisk next to that because it had wild elevation changes, sand all over the track. There were dunes all around it. And so every lap, and I never got to race there, unfortunately, but every lap apparently that you took there was different because sand would be in a different place every time. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I teamed up with the with my partners basically and we created this event as a testament to some of the great racing in Bridgehampton. Well, it's just absolutely spectacular and when I checked out your website and some of the great video of the cars driving under that historic bridge and the environment. Uh, this is very, very cool. So we're going to learn a lot more about this. We're going to learn about you as we continue on your journey. But first, I like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Jeffrey, take the wheel. Yeah, I mean, you know, something uh, when you asked about this before, it got my wheels turning as to, you know, what I really live by. And something that's always stuck by me is an old John Lennon quote, which is basically life is uh, what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. <laughs> and what that means to me is, you know, try to make good decisions, but make them quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and your gut is usually right. And, you know, it's like the old Ferris Bueller quote. You know, if you don't stop uh, and look around once in a while, life will pass you by. It's the same idea. Yeah. You know, get in get in the front seat, drive, and, and make decisions as they come to you. Well, I love it. And the fact that you're passionate about cars, but you have a different career in law, but you take the time to use your passion, not only to go out and have fun with cars, but to create events and all the other things you're involved in with judging and so forth is a perfect fit for my guests here on Cars Yeah. Well, tell us a story that instigated your passion for cars. You, you told us a little bit about playing in that uh, 
I guess it's a, a, it pit, a mechanics a pit. Mechanics <laughs> pit. Okay, you actually had a mechanics pit in your house. That's cool. I wish I'd had one of those instead of crawling on my skateboard underneath the car like I did as a little kid. But tell us a pivotal moment in your life when you realized, you know what? I am a car guy just like my dad. You know, I don't think I ever had a choice um, in the matter. <laughs> I remember getting Hemmings once a month and uh, you'd get that brown paper catalog and I would go cover to cover, basically, picking out the, and this, I would be, you know, 10 or 12 years old at the time, picking out the cars I wanted to call, um, although I wasn't allowed to because I had no money. <laughs> and then when that wasn't enough, I moved on and started getting, you know, the weekly local newspapers that you'd get at the supermarket for free to see if there were deals to be had and, and cars to be purchased. And then, you know, when I went through all of that, I would sit in the attic just paging through old copies of Classic Driver um, which was my absolute favorite back in the day, you know, leafing through not just the the articles, but the the advertisements. And I just, I loved how different everything was, Yeah. you know, how, especially the fifties and sixties designs, how radically different cars were at that time. Sure. And, you know, I was going through this in the, in the mid eighties. And even by then, most cars looked the same and the interiors were the same. And I would see these things from the sixties that just looked like they came from out of space, that there's no way that this car you know, this Jaguar E-Type was on the road at the same time as something from Japan. It just it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I just fell in love with it. Well, and you like Heelys because I know that's uh, one of the cars that you have. I had John Nickus yeah. on the show here earlier this week, and he's a guy that jumped in an old Healy 100 that was just literally falling apart and ended up driving 300,000 miles around the country to help kids with cancer. I know. It's amazing. This guy's unbelievable. I know. He. He, he is incredible. And, and listeners, if you haven't heard my talk with him, it was last Tuesday. You got it. I mean, I lost it. I, I've, I've had some pretty, uh, amazing guests here on the show where things have gotten pretty serious, but I, I couldn't even talk at one point. I had to stop and compose myself because the story is so intense. But let's talk about you a little bit and challenges that you've faced. Go down your roads and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure. Now, putting these events together is a lot of work. You've got to pull a lot of things together. Maybe that's what you want to talk about here, but more importantly than the actual event, Tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career, your business, or your passion for cars. You got it. So I, the events, actually, I, I got to say, I mean, it, they're a ton of work, but I've yet to kind of have that failure moment. I'm going to go find some wood in my office quickly <laughs> Here, and, and knock on I'm it. I'm knocking for and you I think, <laughs> on my skull. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I think some of that owe, is owed to the fact that I'm, I become kind of a lunatic when I get involved in something. I try not to get involved in too many things, but when I do, I go all the way in. Because if, if my name is attached to it, then I feel like my reputation is attached to it. And I think that's a good thing to come away with for anybody. So I don't know that, you know, as far as business is concerned, thankfully, I don't have one of those giant failure teaching moments because I just, I'm so, you can ask my wife, I'm just such a, a crazy person when it comes to preparation. <laughs> that being said, you know, as far as getting under the hood with challenges are concerned, I've, I've really gotten into restoring these E34 M5s and I can't remember the last time that I was working on a more modern car or, or three at this point. I've lost, completely lost my mind apparently. <laughs> Where there were so many no longer available parts. And, you know, just the challenges in, in being able to find stuff that, that BMW doesn't make anymore and, and there's no aftermarket support for has caused me to really get involved with the community around these cars. And, mm -hmm. and for these in particular, we're talking about 2,000 cars that were imported to the United States. So there's not that many. So, you know, the takeaway with that is really to get involved in whatever community you're in and, and, and use them as the most powerful resource 
that you can. When you go up against a brick wall, I've always found that if you're a member of a good automotive community, they'll help you out and they'll find a way to get you the part you need or the help you need, even if it's completely unrelated to the car, which is great. Which yeah. Is really great. There's a lot of really great people and I'm going to call it a hobby, although I know for most it's a profession, um, or for a lot of people it's a profession. There's a lot of great people out there. And uh, what I love most about being a big part of this hobby is you get to meet people from all different walks of life, which as a defense attorney, I don't really get as a criminal defense attorney. And it's nice to see that you know with this common interest that there's so many different people who love the same thing, and they're willing to help you out despite the fact that they don't know a single thing about you. I've been involved with the BMW Club for a long time. I've had lots of BMWs. Now, E34 M5, yeah, you picked a a difficult car there just from the aspect of limited availability. But what I did learn over all my years was that BMW Club is full of really enthusiastic people, and a lot of them because there's a lot of BMWs out there. But what is it about the E34 that got you kind of excited other than the M5, of course. I love M cars. I always have. But the E34 M5, my father actually had one in 1991 when I was, uh, when I was a kid. Okay. And I, I remember it was the first car I ever had that, um, that Code Brown moment in when I was driving, where it was a slightly rainy day. I put the car in first gear. And I think it was the first time I was ever allowed to drive the car by myself mm. because this was his absolute baby. Yeah. The first one he had purchased actually was delivered from the factory. It was, it was brought to the dealership and stolen the day before he was allowed to pick it up. Oh, no. The day before he was allowed to pick it up. He had waited months for this car. It was specced exactly how he wanted. Uh. And right when he was about to pick it up, they called him. He was about to leave uh, his office and pick it up. And it had been stolen. Luckily, they were able to find another one, and it was it was red with black. I loved this car so yeah, much. Yeah. And it, it just, you know, the car felt, even at that time, it felt, you know, special in, in a in a world where cars were becoming more and more digital. It was a car that always felt completely analog, and you knew that it had that connection to the M1 race car with a, a very similar engine. But I, I just, it's one of those things. I, I, I grew up to it. Maybe it's nostalgia. I grew up with it yeah. and I love them. I don't know that uh, that explains owning three at the same time in New York City. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal? I thought you New Yorkers didn't drive cars. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky to have uh, multiple parking spaces. And I, 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 I will tell you, Mark, that I don't drive in the city if I don't have to. Yeah. Well, I, I take the subway every day to work like every other person coming into Manhattan. Yeah. And I use the cars for fun. But I, I have a son now who's four, and he's just old enough now to start helping me, which is really great. Yeah. Um, and it, it just makes it so much better to be able to pass that on to somebody. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm a, a big M fan, as my listeners know. I've had four, four M3s, I believe, now. So uh love the M cars. They're absolutely fantastic for the street, the track. I mean, they just kind of do it all. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. But in the case of careers, how about a passionate automotive aha moment? Is there one for you you'd like to share? Yeah, definitely. I, I would say it's, it's automotive career, actually, where I had the, probably the biggest aha moment that, that I've had in, in my life. It was, say, three or so years ago. And I was feeling a little bit stagnant. I love being an attorney. It's great, but it doesn't, it's not 100% satisfying. I needed something else. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with my wife and she said, you know, go to Pebble Beach this year, go out for the week and go alone. And I, my son had just been born. Um, she said, I'll take care of it. Go alone and just 
figure out something you can do that's going to that's going to satisfy you and it was like the greatest gift i ever got and thankfully a, a good friend of mine was actually going out there who was the designer for the Rolls-Royce events that were going on that week for oh, that wow. year at Pebble yeah and so she she said come stay with me they'll put you up and and you know you'll meet people and you'll figure it out and lo and behold a friend from high school was actually working for the watch company that had been the uh, the partner for Ferrari that year, Ferrari Casa, which is something that, that goes on every year during Pebble and is for Ferrari owners to show up and oh, meet yeah. people and talk and, and, and basically drool over the Ferraris uh, that they have on display there. And so I got invited to the house and I went and I met Shamin Abbas, who became my partner in the bridge. And at that time, I had kind of been speaking with some people about maybe doing an event. And I had the most bizarre conversation in my entire life because she had been speaking with my other partner, with Bob Rubin, um, who I hadn't met at that point, about putting on uh, an event in Bridgehampton as well. So we started got kind of having this weird dance where we both didn't want to reveal our hands, but we both <laughs> knew that there was some spark there because we got along so well. And we decided to meet back in uh, Manhattan when she got back from Pebble Beach and when I got back from Pebble Beach. And we met for dinner and just it was right there. We realized that we were that there was nothing in the Northeast that could really compare to what we were going to put together. And it was it was amazing. And everyone I told about it, they got it, which is unbelievable. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a defense lawyer and I'm not used to people taking everything I say 100 percent at its face value because they think that there's some agenda. Mm -hmm. But with this people just got it. Everyone I went to, I mean, a good example of that is we had 62 cars on display at the bridge at my event last year. And it's an odd number because I called 62 people and every single car, every single person, every single car that I called showed up. Wow. And, you know, in this, in this profession, in this hobby, that never happened. It yeah. never happened. Yeah. And that, so that, you know, the two things combined for me were really the spark to give me the go ahead and and keep moving. Very it was, cool. It was the biggest aha moment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so many great things happened during Car Week. Of course, we all just got back, or those of us lucky to to go, which I was one of oh, those yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, still kind of recovering from lack of sleep and uh, yeah, <laughs> late nights and early mornings and long days, but. <laughs> Uh, certainly fun. And I met so many cool people, many people who've been guests on the show, and a lot of people who are upcoming guests uh, actually got a lot of confirmations today, so there's some really cool stories coming along. Well, how about a proudest career moment or business moment, either either or? I would assume you've had quite a few, but is there one that stands out as it relates to cars? I got to say, going with you know what we just discussed, waking up the morning after putting on the bridge, you know, uh, hundreds if not, you know, maybe... 500 hours of work went into making sure that every single part of that was executed flawlessly and waking up the next day and knowing that I had done it because I, I was so nervous the night before oh, yeah. was it was the 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 proudest that I've ever been. I think I beamed the entire way back to the city the next day. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. I mean, putting having an idea and then executing it, it mm. just, when it comes out right, there's just nothing better. Oh, absolutely. And you think about these events, as you know, and many listeners know, there are so many moving parts to these things, and it does only takes one to go wrong to cascade down the line and cause a lot of problems. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely something for being proud of. Well, well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. You talked about that M5, but what was your first really special car? Maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Of course. I will never forget it. When I turned 16, my father bought me a 1967 Volvo wagon 
with a wood roof rack. Oh, lucky and you. And it was, it was <laughs> looking back on it, I feel very lucky to have had it. At the time, I wanted something a little bit faster. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I guess beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. And it's the car that I really learned to drive stick on. And I remember when I was learning to drive stick, basically what we would do is, you know, we would drive around my neighborhood. And I remember the first time my father just opened the door when we were a few miles from the house and got out and he said, I'm walking home, figure it out. Which at the time I was furious with him because I was still learning how to drive stick. But, but looking back, it was really the best thing he could have done because, you know, we've all taught friends and family members how to drive a manual transmission. And it's oh, something yeah. that we should all be doing still because we don't want the manual transmission to go away. But, you know, you're, you always feel nervous when you're sitting in that driver's seat and you stall and you feel like you're doing something wrong. He took that whole element out and he said, you got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I'll see you at home. Yeah. And that was, that was the best thing that I think he could have done. Yeah, my mom did the same thing to me when I bought a Carmagee in high school. I lived in uh, La Jolla, but I bought it in, in Point Loma, which if anyone knows the uh, demographics there, it, it's about a 20-minute drive back to La Jolla through city streets. And yeah, I got in the car and I went, a lot of stop signs. Wait a minute. I don't know how to drive a stick shift. How do I do this? And my mom said, well, you've ridden a motorcycle. You'll figure it out. And she left. And uh, yeah, that was a very harrowing, lots of uh, stalls at stoplights and, and things. But you know what? Lots I, of sweating. You figure it yeah. out. You figure it out. Well, how about Sellers Remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you wish you had back? No doubt. I've had a handful of Alfa Romeo GTVs, oh. uh, the 105s and the 115s. And I mean... Putting the prices aside because the, the, the market has just gone up beyond what I ever imagined with that vehicle. And I think basically the rest of the world caught on to the secret with these cars, that they are delightful to drive, that they have a five-speed synchro mesh transmission, they have four-wheel disc brakes. And this is starting in the late 60s when yeah. it started to happen, which was just so far ahead of time uh, for everybody. But I had a 1969 Alfa Romeo GTV, and it had been owned by... I believe it was a, a serviceman who would, had been stationed overseas and had left the car with his, his little old Italian mother. And I went up with my father. I bought the car. And the only reason I could afford the car is because despite the fact that it, it had been beautifully restored, she had backed into the side of it with her Honda. And so there was like a giant dent oh. in the driver's door. But I loved that thing. And I loved that dent because it was the only reason I could afford to buy that car. Yeah. Um, everything else about it was perfect. And it really was... I remember, you know, I would go out in high school to parties and I would have it. Everyone knew that it was my car because no one had anything like it. Sure. And it wasn't all that expensive at that time, but it was, I felt more connected to that car than probably anything I've ever driven in my entire life. And so when I made the decision to finally sell that, I think it was, it must have been a senior in college. So I probably had it for four or five years at that point. Yeah. Um, I felt like I needed to buy a regular car to drive around and I've always looked back as th that being the greatest uh, regret uh, of any sale I've ever had. It didn't matter about the money. It doesn't matter how much they're worth now. It was just, it was the best uh, of them. And I've had a, I've had a whole slew of them. <laughs> yeah, I've never had one, but I've, I've been able to drive them. And I have a, a friend, Bill, who had a GTA race car that I was able to drive Ooh. as well. Yeah, his car was really special. But uh, another friend, um, another guy named Mark, actually lives back east, owns that car and races it now. But they are wonderful, wonderful cars. And I know Keith Martin's smiling right now because he's a big Alpha fan and yeah. loves all things Alpha. But those cars... 
when you get in them and drive them the first time I ever drove one, yeah, I just went, what? how did I miss all this all these years? I should have had one of these. This is too cool. It's like the suspension is dialed into your brain somehow or into your spine. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great cars. Well, awesome. At least you had the experience. No doubt there'll be another one in your garage someday. Well, let's talk about current projects. I would love for you to share a little bit more. See my optimism? It's your birthday. So, you know, and I'm going to be asking you a birthday birthday uh, question here in a few minutes anyway. So, you know, so hang on to your hats. I want you to share a little bit about this upcoming event, which is happening September 17th, Bridgehampton Cars and Coffee. Tell our listeners what they can expect to see and experience by uh, showing up at this debut event. So just to take it back a little bit, when we created the bridge last year, because it's a a private club, it's actually the most expensive club in the United States, uh, golf club. I always felt a little bit of, I don't know, remorse that I couldn't have something for everyone who loves cars to come to and for everyone who wanted to celebrate the history of racing in Bridgehampton to come to. I wanted something for everybody. And I wanted to turn this into a whole weekend of of car-filled events for people in Bridgehampton. Bridgehampton in in the Hamptons, in in all of Long Island, really, in September, mid-September, it's gorgeous. It's a little bit cooler. And just I needed something that everyone could come to. And so I teamed up with the Bridgehampton Historical Society, which is located in the dead center of, of Bridgehampton. You can take the Jitney, the Jitney stop from Manhattan leaves you right there. And they have town lands, huge amount of, of land, acres and acres of land right in the middle of Bridgehampton. So I came up with the idea of having a Cars and Coffee. And the name Cars and Coffee is actually a little bit of a misnomer because the event runs from 11 to 3. And will there be coffee? Yes. Will there be cars? Yes. But there's also going to be music. There's also going to be uh, food by New York Smorgasburg, which, is, which puts out these amazing food vendor markets. There's going to be a bar there. There's going to be something really for everybody. We want families to come. We want everyone to come. Um, and I encourage everyone to come. And, and I don't care if you have, uh, you know, a, a Honda that you're proud of or a Ferrari. You should come and exhibit and just enjoy the whole day. I just got a call uh, earlier in the day from McLaren, and they want to do test drives during it. So it's really going to be great. Just uh, two weeks ago, Petrolicious joined in as our media partner for for putting out um, stuff at the uh, at Cars and Coffee. So we really want to have everybody there, everyone from all walks of life. Yes, there'll be very fancy stuff coming down from the bridge that uh, some people would have seen the day before. And there'll be tons of stuff that nobody's seen in a long time. Bridgehampton is a real treasure trove. You know, I, ha- I was speaking with uh, Jake Auerbach uh, last year, and he's uh, one of RM Sotheby's car guys. And he said, you know, uh, the difference between, and he grew up in the Northeast, the difference between the Northeast and California and, and the West Coast with car culture is that in the West Coast, you see these things all the time. People take them out all the time. The weather is good. You see amazing things on the streets. Those cars are in the Northeast. They are, I promise you. The difference is that whether it be the weather or the culture, they don't get out there. They just they don't get out in a place that people can see them. And nothing hurts me more than seeing amazing cars that people don't get to see. I mean, we're stewards of these things. We're stewards. We're historians. They should get out there, and it's my goal to get them out there. So if you come to Cars and Coffee, you're going to see amazing things. And because I like to sleep a little bit later, 
It's at 11, so everybody can thank me for that. <laughs> well, you know, Jeffrey, most people that do a Cars and Coffee buy a couple boxes of donuts and a little uh, carafe of coffee, but uh, no, not Jeffrey Einhorn. He does things big time here, so this, uh, this sounds like a whole nother, like a Concord day or something, So, but it's something for everybody, it sounds like, which is really cool, so people are not excluded. Whatever car you're passionate about, show up. Be a part of it. Enjoy it. Sounds like a spectacular event. Dang, I'm on the other side of the planet here. I got to figure out a way to get back there on September 17th. Sounds Fly like, in. You got it. I know. I'll uh, summon my jet, see if it's going to be fired up and ready to go <laughs> by would- that day. You would be surprised, Mark, the people that are summoning their own private jets to fly in for the weekend for this. So perhaps we can hook you up with that. Well, ride. we're talking about the Hamptons, so no doubt. But uh, yeah, I think I run. <laughs> I run with a cheaper crowd. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to run with people that you hang out with. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Jeffrey. If Jeffrey was a car, what kind of car would he be, and why? You know, it's it's kind of a tough question, but. I, I've always seen myself, and maybe because it was, you know, the, the first car I really connected with, but I've always seen myself as kind of the Alfa Romeo of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know maybe that sounds a little bit weird. They're not the fanciest cars. They're not the most luxurious cars. But when you really get to know them, and maybe this is part of my shameless self-promoting, <laughs> you really start to understand why they're special and unique and a little bit different than everything else out yeah. there and why you need to have it in your life. There you go. That's kind of how I've always seen myself. Nice answer. I like it. Well, Jeffrey, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. All right, Jeffrey, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So fire that alpha up. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't buy anything that's been bondoed. 
<laughs> yeah. Caveat emptor. <laughs> Since we're talking law here, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Yes, certainly. Um, you know, uh, 10 parts planning and, and zero uh, parts guessing. Ah, yes. Preparation is key. You know, I've had lots of racers here on the show, and, and a lot of them will say that you win the race before you even get to the track. Is preparation right on. is key. So, yeah, absolutely. And since you're a racer, you know that as well. Now, do you have a resource? You've already mentioned one, but do you have a resource out there you think our listeners would really enjoy? Sure. Um, something that's really helped me with the, the three E34s has been um, E-Euro parts. They have a blog. Actually, I'm one of the people they, they feature on the blog for, for putting this uh, one of these cars back together. Uh -huh. But they've always been really helpful in sourcing parts for me uh, from you know the, the last one available at a dealer, the last one they can find somewhere. So they've been really great. Very cool. E-Euro parts. Nice. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Easiest question ever, Bruce McLaren. And, and the, reason, yeah, the reason for that, and it's not just uh, his connection with, uh, with Bridgehampton, but I am fascinated by these guys who were not only race car drivers, but constructors as well, who built the cars that they raced in. Same with Chaparral. And I'm, I'm hoping next year at the bridge to have a whole field of cars. A lot of them came in Can-Am, um, but a whole field of cars that were just built by the same guy that they were raced on. I think it takes a real special type of person to be able to do all of those things and run a business at the same time. It's unbelievable to me that these people could do that back then because I don't see it being done now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, if we could bring Bruce back and show him how McLaren has evolved in, in the car manufacturing world, the racing world, uh, I think he'd have a big smile on his face. At least I hope he would. And I know that I've, I've taken my son over the years to many events and he fell in love with the McLaren orange, yellow orange color. And when we redid his room as a teenager, I, I said, why don't we paint one of the walls an accent color? What do you want? And he said, dad, McLaren yellow, of course. <laughs> they will love to hear that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it's still still that color. He's grown up and gone to college and moved away, but the wall's still there. So uh, I smile every time oh. I go in his room. Now, if you would uh, recommend a book for our listeners, is there one that stands out for you you'd like to share? Sure. Well, something I'm reading right now is the, the Haynes Repair Manual for all the <laughs> 34 <laughs> BMW. Oh, I love the Haynes Manuals. Those, those have saved me many, many times. Yeah, those are great. Awesome, oh. awesome. Uh, well, we wish you luck with that. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources Jeffrey has shared on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Jeffrey Einhorn, E-I-N-H-O-R-N. His page will pop up with all these great links, and you can learn all about the bridge, the events, the cars and coffee, uh, everything will be there right on his show notes page. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. Now, it's your birthday today, Jeffrey. Happy birthday again. So you know what? I'm going to buy you any cool collector car or race car in the world. Doesn't matter what it costs because I'm buying it today because it's your birthday. So All right. Yeah, very cool, isn't it? You got really lucky because, you know, birthday callers get whatever they want. And actually, every guest gets whatever he wants. So, But I want you to feel special. It's your birthday. So what would that car be and why? If it was if it was just one car that I had to to use uh, as my collector car for yeah. everything, uh -huh. um, and that would be for for racing and for touring and to do rallies and events in, it would have to be uh, a Ferrari 275 GTB. But because it's my birthday, it, it wouldn't just be any old GTB. Uh oh. Uh, it would be a, a four cam, of course, with the the six uh, carburetors and an alloy body. I don't think that I would ever be able to part 
with that car. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to purchase that car, yeah. but um, because it's free and it's my birthday and all, I think that's that's what I'll be asking for. <laughs> I, I think you've asked for a pretty darn special car. That is very, very yeah, 275 GTB, alloy body, four cam, six carbs. That's got it all, and that does it all. I mean, you can drive it to the cars and coffee. You can race it. You can show it. I mean, uh, tour it. Yeah, that car does everything. Very nice. What color would you like that Ferrari to be? Um, I think dark gray. Oh, that's different. Okay, I like yeah. it. Classy. little sophistication, so a lot of class. Yeah, I think that's good, rather than <laughs> standard red or bright yellow. So nice choice, my friend. Well, Jeffrey, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you, the bridge, and all the events you're involved in. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off in the sunset in that 275 GTB? Certainly. Trust your gut and do what makes you happy if you can do it without hurting anybody else. And and do that by coming to Cars and Coffee on September 17th in Bridgehampton. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about your events and what you're doing? The the easiest way is to go to bridgeorama.com. Um, and that'll have all the information for Cars and Coffee. And uh, we'll see you there on the 17th. Bridge Orama. Very cool. All right. Well, I'll make sure, <laughs> listeners, that I have all these links on Jeffrey's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Again, just go to carsyeah.com. Type Jeffrey in the search bar. His page will pop up with links. If you're anywhere near Bridgehampton in September, plan on attending this event. And, of course, next year, the Concours. I mean, Ah, Jeffrey's figured out the secret sauce to life. And again, happy birthday, Jeffrey. So good to talk to you on your birthday. I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again or we see you at the bridge, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.